And dead set, like every day I would get home from work and FaceTime Cara when she was living in Melbourne. And I was like, we're like obsessed with each other at this point. This is like the beginning of a romantic relationship when you just like can't stop talking to each other about literally anything. Mm. Hello and welcome back to another episode of To Be Honest Podcast. My name is Amanda. And my name is Cara. And... This week we're doing unprofessional opinions. We are. And it's actually our first proper episode back, just the two of us since before Christmas. Yeah. Last week when we recorded, we, we were wondering why we were so rusty and like why we just like didn't really know what was happening. And then we realized that we hadn't recorded in like three weeks because we pre-recorded before we went to Melbourne for the holidays. Yeah. So anyway, now we're back on track. We've got a whole schedule of amazing episodes planned yes um so stay tuned for that we are organized bitches in 2021 oh we are and i feel like the podcast is one of the things that i'm most excited about about 2021 because we like started at the end of 2020 we're really finding our feet and now we seem to have lots of amazing listeners who love the pod so yeah and i think the time like where it's just been us doing episodes has been really nice to get a feel of what you guys like listening to and Mm. what you want to talk about what you want to hear about so yeah like I said we've got some guests lined up which is super exciting and yeah some really cool topics so stay tuned also just a friendly reminder that if you would like to help us out so that we can get our podcast out there if you're listening to us on apple podcasts right now make sure to leave us a rating because it really helps us out yeah, we thrive off external validation. Oh, so you know that we do. <laughs> so I refresh that podcast page all the time. I'm like, how many reviews? Oh, okay, it hasn't gone up in three days. Nice. <laughs> okay, so before we dive into today's episode, if you are new to the podcast, this episode is an unprofessional opinions episode. And in these, we answer some questions that you submit to us on Instagram. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at tbh.pod. And whilst our other episodes tend to be episodes that are solely focused on one topic, in these episodes, we discuss a variety of topics and things that you want to hear us talk about. So I actually love these. They're some of my favorites to record because we get to talk about so many things. We hope you love it as well. Okay, let's get into the first question. Which one do I want to do first? (laughs) How do I prioritize friendships instead of romantic relationships? Hmm. So when I hear this question, I think of it in two ways. As in the first option is I am in a romantic relationship, but I want to make sure that I am prioritizing my friendships. And then I also look at it from the stance of a single person that is trying to become comfortable with prioritizing creating new friendships rather than looking for romantic relationships. Always seeking romantic relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it could be taken as both and I don't particularly know which one this person meant. So Mm. let's just answer both. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's start with if you are in a relationship Mm. and you want to prioritize your friendships a bit more. Mm. I feel like with this kind of thing, it is something that is so dependent on the relationship, right? Because some people will be in relationships with others who really want a lot of their time and really want to spend so much time and energy with you. And others will be in relationships with people who don't mind if they only see them once a week kind of thing. So it's a very like situation dependent 
kind of thing but I think at the end of the day it all comes down to communication if you feel like you're lacking friendship in your life and you want to be able to have more time to make friends and see friends that doesn't mean that you don't value your romantic relationship but it could feel that way to your partner if things change quickly so you probably are best to just communicate that that's something you really want to put energy into for yourself yeah and having friendships while you're in a romantic relationship is really important because mm-hmm. it's such a like an important way to make sure that your relationship is balanced and healthy. And I actually used to be in a romantic relationship where in that relationship I lost a lot of my friendships and it's not because there was like a falling out or anything like that but it was just that I prioritized my romantic relationship so much over my friendships that I didn't make time for any of my friends and then the relationship ended And I was left with little to no close friends. I think I personally have had friends in the past who I've drifted from naturally as they've gotten partners. And the ones that have kind of come back into my life have expressed kind of not regret, but they've expressed how they look back and they realize that that wasn't a great thing to do. Yeah. Um, It's important to nurture those relationships regardless of whether you have someone who you're in a romantic uh, relationship with or not. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, it is hard to not get carried away, right? Like you meet someone new, you're, you're in a really new romantic relationship. It is very, very exciting. And especially if you've decided to be in a committed relationship with them, you tend to want to spend a lot of time with them and that's totally fine. And that's totally natural, but it's also about like stepping back and assessing the situation and going, okay, is this going to be beneficial for me long term if I literally spend all of my time with my partner and none of my time with my friends? Yeah, and then also just like from just a respect perspective. Totally. Like it's not nice to think that, you know, if you're on the receiving end of this, like if you have – if your friends are thinking like, oh, they don't want to hang out with me anymore. Like mm. that's not a nice thing to have people think. Yeah, and I think that most people have experienced that in their life. Yeah. I have had a friend – who has gotten into a romantic relationship and just completely forgotten about you. And I know in the past, especially when I was younger, I had friends who would get into a relationship and forget about me and then their relationship would end and they would like need a single friend and they would come back to me. And it was like, it's not a nice feeling in any capacity. So yeah. And look, the nature of relationships of all kinds, whether they're like platonic or romantic is that our relationships change over time they naturally will ebb and flow or they will alter as we meet new people or Mm. have new priorities and that's totally normal like it's not realistic that when you get a partner your relationships are going to stay the exact same Mm. I don't think that's really possible yeah just simply because dynamics change and your priorities change and that's totally fine yeah so I think it's yeah just realizing like you know my priorities are changing like obviously I want to spend this time with this person but how can I continue to make the people who are important to me make them feel like they are important to me and that they still mean a lot to me yeah okay so now let's talk about it from the other side which is how do you prioritize friendships Mm. instead of seeking romantic relationships yeah this is something I feel like I have a lot of experience with because as we know consciously took a break from dating for over a year now at this point and Something that I have really found to be so beneficial and so good for my mental health is prioritizing friendship and is recognizing that friendship can fulfill you almost, almost as much as a romantic relationship can. 
Well, just in different ways. In different ways. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It's like you, for me personally, it's like I can get everything from a friendship that I get from a romantic relationship except for the intimacy. So I think so I think it's one of those things, right, where I personally am someone who has always romanticized a lot of things and has always been someone who was like seeking relationships and just loved being in love and loved dating and all of that kind of stuff. And then it's like I took a step back and realized that actually friendship makes me feel just as amazing as romantic relationships do and we have a tendency to put romantic relationships on this pedestal of like I will be happy when I'm in a romantic relationship when you can be just as happy if not more happy just having amazing friends around you because they are still people that you spend a lot of time with you know like I go to the movies and to dinner with my friends and I go swimming in the ocean with my friends and all these things right and it's like these are things that I would do in a romantic relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's maybe it's maybe the reason why it feels a lot different is because we, like you said before, we have this kind of burst of like intense adoration at the beginning of a relationship. Mm. Like you just can't think typically you just like can't think of anyone else and you're really excited, which is so great and so normal and amazing to feel like that's not something that you should be ashamed of feeling. Yeah. But I think that, we don't expect um, to feel that way with friends and that's why it feels a bit less exciting. But, I mean, I think we can both say this, is that like we, like if you can get to a space in your life where you genuinely are just so deeply excited to see your friends. Yeah. And like, like, like you said, it's not exactly the same as a romantic relationship, mm. but it's pretty close. Oh yeah, it's pretty close. I remember when you and I, like we became friends and then we knew each other for a while and then we became like, really good friends and I remember we became really good friends and dead set like every day I would get home from work and FaceTime Cara when she was living in Melbourne and I was like we're like obsessed with each other at this point (laughs) this is like the beginning of a romantic relationship when you just like can't stop talking to each other about literally anything Mm. and I think that that's really important to acknowledge is that like friendships are just as important in your life as romantic relationships are and that you can get a lot of nourishment and fulfillment from friendships and that's something that I you know really remind mind myself is that just because a romantic relationship doesn't exist in my life doesn't mean that that my life is lacking in any capacity in fact it is thriving (laughs) yes and I was going to actually say if you with all this in mind still feel like you need a romantic relationship or you need to look for this thing over getting good friendships like if friendships aren't enough Mm. like deep meaningful friendships maybe ask yourself why that is Mm. because I think like I said before to be really happy and content I do think you need a balance between friendships and romantic relationships if that's something that you're interested in yeah um so yeah I think like you said it's just understanding and recognizing that you can get so much fulfillment and love and joy and everything else from Mm. a friendship and then kind of like go forward with that and look for that in the people you connect with totally okay we've kind of we've kind of talked a little bit about this in the past Mm -hmm. but someone said what are your thoughts on seeing people for their potential rather than their concrete actions Ooh, ooh, attack me Ooh, it's a slippery slope (laughs) (laughs) it's a yeah look it i've fallen for this trap before mm. Mm, you have <laughs> Shut up. Some of you. i know i have i have <laughs> um 
Okay, so let's start with saying that, I mean, I personally don't think it's a bad thing to see the potential in someone. Oh, no, absolutely not. It's when you use their potential as an excuse for their behavior. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It just is. Like, it's... It's also, there also comes a point where you have to, if their behavior keeps, I guess, telling you the opposite of what you think their potential is, Mm. there comes a point where you kind of have to stand back and be like, am I kidding myself? Yeah. Because I'm so sorry, but sometimes you simply are kidding yourself. And that's coming from a person who's been kidding herself in the Mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that, you know, some people don't have the potential to, you know, like let's just use um, a relationship as an example. I'm probably thinking this person's relating to that. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, you know, wanting someone to treat you a certain way or wanting to be in a relationship with someone, but like they're not giving you what you need, mm. like seeing their potential and like how they could treat you is not a bad thing. And it's not to say that they couldn't one day treat you that way. It's about how much energy and um, emotion you're putting into wanting them to be and then also what you're putting up with along the way and I think it comes back to that thing of you can want someone to change and you can think that someone is going to change but they're not going to change unless they put the work in and they consciously choose to do that like you're not going to be able to make someone else do that no and you can you know you can communicate you can say like hey this is what I want out of this Mm -hmm. whether it's a friendship or um I don't know parents or a romantic relationship you can communicate and say like this is what I'm looking for this is what I need from you blah 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 blah. and you can you know see that maybe that's something that they are maybe going to give you Mm. but at the end of the day if they continuously can't meet those things that you need yeah that's when you have to kind of Mm. take a step back I think I think it's all about being real with yourself and being like yes it's really hard again like we talk about rose-colored glasses a lot and they exist like I've been in relationships with people where I've been completely just looking at their potential and not being real with myself because I'm like so obsessed with what they could be or so obsessed with the nice moments that we have but taking off those rose-colored glasses and going okay but really is this serving me yeah and if it's not then it's a no like if it's an if they're not serving you in the present moment it has to be a no Mm, I agree it's like what Ariana Grande says I saw your potential without seeing credentials wow thanks for that Ariana editing Kara please play that part of the song <laughs> okay here is a spicy one. Oh, i love a bit of spice on a uh what day is it monday afternoon <laughs> stop you're giving away how late we record <laughs> um okay this person asked does making out with your female friend when you're drunk count as cheating we both have boyfriends look this is an interesting question and mm. it's also, I feel like, not that interesting of an answer because, in my opinion, I think you just need to know what your relationship boundaries are. Yeah. Like, I've been in relationships before where my partner would have been cool with that and then I've been in relationships before where my partner wouldn't have been cool with that. And so it's kind of something that we can't really answer. Mm. I think that if I was in a relationship with a man and he made out with his male friend who was 
straight and they were both straight, I wouldn't care. You would actually love that because you have a bit of a fetish for that stuff. We don't need to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> okay, but can I leave that in? <laughs> yeah, you can leave it in. <laughs> um, yeah, like I completely agree. I think that even if you think – I think particularly when it comes to two women, mm. there's this idea of, you know, like, oh, my God, it's so hot when two women make out. And, like, a lot of guys do think it's hot. Mm. Um so maybe these people are thinking, well, of course they're not going to mind. Mm. Um, and that might be true. Maybe they don't mind. But I just think that if you're unsure, you need to clarify. Yeah. And I think it's just one of those conversations that you can have and you can like set your boundaries and every relationship is going to be different. Like your friend's partner might not be cool with it, but your partner might be cool with it or vice versa. And you just need to clarify, you need to set boundaries. I think it's a good conversation for you to have so that your partner also understands what you feel comfortable with him doing. And yeah, at the end of the day, it's all about communication. Communication. I don't have an Ariana Grande lyric for that one. That's okay. I also feel a bit like I'm cheating on Taylor Swift. I know it is a bit <laughs> much, isn't it? <laughs> okay, I have another question that I really liked. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting mm-hmm. and I have a lot to say personally. Okay, so, I love that. Someone has written... In order to be an ethical person for the people, for the planet and the animals, do you have to be fully vegan? And then they put in brackets such as abstaining from animal products, wearing them and finding companies that participate in ethical behaviors. So I guess before we dive into this question, we should say that a lot of people have requested that we do a episode, a whole episode on the fact that we're vegan. Yeah. And we do have like something along those lines planned. Mm. It's not going to be like a sit down, like preachy episode. No. But we are going to discuss it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of really important things to discuss when it comes to the vegan community and vegan influences and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But this question's really interesting to me because I do think that there is this idea that if you're vegan you are automatically a great person oh just so so not true it's so deeply incorrect yeah. and i actually think that's kind of where we get these not naming names <clears throat> um really <laughs> annoying god complexy kind of influences mm. who literally think they can do no wrong mm. because they are not wearing animals, not eating animals and not, I guess, like exploiting animals in any way. Yeah. And we say this is two people who are vegan and have been vegan for what, over five years, both of us? Yeah. Yeah. And also like, I I mean, I know personally, I know you have too. Um, we have been in that like angry vegan stage. We've been like yeah. preachy before. We've been um, black or white thinking about it. Yeah. And I think we're both not in that at all anymore. Mm. And We have plenty of vegan friends and plenty of non-vegan friends. And I think as you get older and you also kind of just like understand the complexities of a community like the vegan community, Mm. um, you can see that there are so many problematic things that can happen Mm. when people are looked at as like they cannot do any wrong. Yeah. And I think that that is something that is very, very present in many communities, but is also present in the vegan community that there is this idea that 
if you are vegan, you are like, yeah. You can do no wrong. Yeah, and that's not true. I say this as someone who is vegan and I say this for Kara as well who is vegan <laughs> that we are very, very flawed individuals and there are still things that I do that are not super sustainable and there are still things that Kara does that aren't super sustainable and just because we're vegan does not mean that we are better than people who aren't vegan. At the end of the day, people do their best with what they are given. Yeah. So for some people... Being vegan is really easy and quite accessible. And mm. like we are the perfect example of that. Like we are really lucky that we don't have any health issues. We are very privileged and financially stable enough to afford, you know, vegan luxuries and vegan food and everything. And mm. we don't live in food deserts and we can access enough food to keep us healthy while on a vegan diet. Whereas that's just not the case for a lot of people around the world. Yeah. And then you've also got to consider like other cultures, other cultures, it's just not you know, a thing to be vegan. Mm. And then you've also got to consider the fact that some people simply can't eat a vegan diet for health reasons. Yeah. Like it's just, like we were saying before, it's not black and white. And I think that one of the main things that I like to lead with whenever I talk to anyone who may be considering going vegan is it's all about intention, not perfection. Yeah. And like for Cara and I, our intention is to be vegan. Like personally, I'm vegan for the animals. I think you are as well. Yeah, I mean, the first re- the first thing that, that made me go vegan was an environmental documentary. Right, yeah. yeah. And so our intention is to be vegan for those reasons. But, you know, we are not perfect. And mm. I don't think that any vegan is perfect and continually striving per- for perfection in, you know, a vegan, sustainable, all this lifestyle only creates more problems because Mm. it makes people feel like if they are not perfect then they are not doing enough and then they end up not being vegan because they just can't commit to this lifestyle that seems so unattainable yeah if we had a world full of people who just ate you know sustainably as 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 sustainably as they can Mm. two or three days a week our whole world might be a lot different yeah and that's also the same if people you know shopped more sustainably you know, if they shopped for like half of their clothing more sustainably than going to like Kmart or a fast fashion store, yeah, our world would be better. And the same goes for like, you can, the list goes on and on and on. Like, unfortunately, we live in a fucked up world where mm. there's a lot of shit going on and being vegan does not make you better than anyone else because, yeah, okay, if you don't eat animal products and you, you know, don't contribute to certain environmental things mm. by being vegan, there are still so many other things that as a society are really quite messed up and that you could be doing. Yeah. Like you said, it's not about perfection. It's about intention. It's about acknowledging those things and learning about them and being open-minded to changing what you can Mm. in the way that works for you. Yeah. So yeah, if you would like to hear like an episode kind of like on that similar tangent, (laughs) let us know because I think we'd be interested in talking about that kind of topic a bit more well yeah I feel like even from the perspective of like being a vegan influencer I hate the word influencer but (laughs) in the um from the perspective of being a vegan influencer I feel like I used to feel like I had to be like the perfect vegan in every capacity like something as simple as the fact that like I like to drink soft drink okay wait Oh, because of the health aspect? Because of the health aspect, right? And it's like what you're seeing on social media is a small 
portion of the vegan community who have the ability to eat and live the way that they do right Mm -hmm. and like I used to feel a lot of shame in the fact that I liked soda because you know in the vegan community online it's like can be quite health focused and there's not a lot of that kind of stuff and now that I am a vegan influencer (laughs) the most common compliment that I get is like thank you for just eating like a normal person who is vegan essentially and I think that that's given me the perspective of like what I feel like the vegan community or at least the online vegan community needs so I would love to talk about that more as well yeah the vegan community is a very 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 narrow subsection of society that's the thing it's it's actually so funny because it's like there are so many vegans in the world who aren't online but the online vegan community tends to represent like in terms of like the public space term tends to represent like what the vegan community is you know what you get what i'm Mm -hmm. trying to say yeah yeah okay so our next question is do you regret any of your tattoos kara i'll let you start i don't think i do Mm. regret i don't really regret much in life if i'm honest yeah which sounds very like (laughs) which sounds a little bit like I don't regret anything, (laughs) but it's just, I look at a lot of my tattoos as like, even if I don't particularly love them, like there are some tattoos that I'm like, this is the best fucking thing I've ever put on my body and I can't believe it's there forever. I love it. Yeah. And there are some that I'm like, I probably could have gone without that. But at the same time, I look at it mostly as like a, this is what I really wanted when I was 18 Mm. or when I was blah, blah, blah. Like I have my first tattoo ever was such a white girl tattoo it's an infinity symbol on my wrist oh my god like i'm kind of cringing even saying that (laughs) but even with the fact that it's cringy and it's so typical i don't regret it because i really wanted it when i was 18 and i it had a lot of meaning to me Mm. and yeah like i look at it and i remember that i was young when i got it yeah and i got it with my best friend at the time so yeah, I don't think I do regret any of them. Mm. I mean, I kind of have regrets about people I've went to to get them. Yeah. Like I have one tattoo on my upper arm where I got when I'm the lead singer from one of my favorite bands to write when I met him to write the like song title that I loved. Mm. And then I got it tattooed on me and I went to the most fucking shit tattooist <laughs> and I'm so off it. But even that's kind of like... It's a story in It's itself. kind of a story. It just looks shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't think it looks shit, but... Yeah, yeah. I think this one looks shit. No. no I just... really like it because I love that it's such a thick font. Mm. Mm. Thick bitch. <laughs> okay. What about you? Well, yes, I do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did get one covered up recently, yeah. so that makes sense. I, I have two that I want to get covered up, and I've had one of them covered up. Now, actually, I kind of have three. Anyway... I tend to be quite an impulsive person. I don't really think things through. And when it comes down to tattoos that I regret, it's not even really like the meaning behind them or what they are. It's how they look. So like I had a tattoo on my ankle that I really liked the meaning behind. But again, I went to a tattoo artist that I didn't really feel super comfortable with and they didn't put really any time or energy into what I wanted. And I was just young and just went with it rather than saying, that I didn't like it and then I obviously ended up getting it covered up because I didn't like physically how it looked like I have again like what you said tattoos on my body right now that I could go without Mm. but they're there and I like them so I'm like 
whatever. I think we have a pretty similar opinion on yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, like, our, before I moved here, our thing was literally that we just get random tattoos all the time when <laughs> I was up here. Like, we don't really... I think we both don't think all too much about the longevity of a tattoo, which probably sounds quite weird. <laughs> yeah. Because tattoos are literally on your body forever unless you choose to get them removed, which is expensive and painful apparently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess people have different kind of like approaches to it. Like some people are like, oh my God, I need to be exact, like totally convinced that it needs to be on my body forever. Mm. And we obviously aren't like that. No. The one thing that I will say, just what you mentioned kind of, um, put this in my head mm. is that if you are getting a tattoo no matter how young or how old you are mm. if you are getting a tattoo and you are not entirely happy with the drawing that someone's done for you or the placement of it mm. or you know anything before you actually get it done mm. s- tell the tattoo artist say it to them like it is literally their job and usually you're paying them good money yeah to put something on your body that's meant to be there forever and you want it to look good and especially if it has meaning to you you want it to embody Mm. what it is that means a lot to you so don't get stuck in that trap of oh i'm taking up too much time like oh like i have already asked for like it to be moved five other times like i've been in a tattoo um parlor before and i've literally been like covered in that weird purple ink yeah because they keep (laughs) moving it and i'm like I'm paying for my time here. Like yeah. I'm not going to put something on my body that's not that I'm not happy with. Like mm. I, I prefer to pay a bit extra for my t- for the time. Yeah. Um. So that's my biggest piece of advice. If you don't want to regret things or don't want to get things covered up. Yeah. Yeah. And just remember that tattoo artists would hear no all the time. So they're very used to it. It's their job. They should be professional. They should be providing a safe environment for you to get a tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. And most tattoo artists, and I would say pretty much every tattoo artist I've been to has had that they usually have a lot of respect for the process and they really want it to look the way you want it to look like you know even if it's not particularly their style like we Ducky and I both have a tattoo artist that we go to regularly Mm. and we get like these little like (laughs) thin like tiny Tiny little tattoos yeah and he if you looked on his Instagram page does these big like amazing like intricate portrait kind of things but he always fits us in for these like tiny little things and but he's totally fine with you know taking the time and the energy to get it right or like doesn't really care yeah i think that that's also a a big part of it is finding someone you feel comfortable with and if you find a tattoo artist who um i guess makes you feel that way like keep going back to them yeah that's what I've been doing. We love you, Mikey. Shout outs to Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely doesn't listen no. to this. <laughs> Before you say anything, can I just say that it's starting to rain outside and it is so nice to listen to while we record the pod. It is a rainy motherfucker on the Gold Coast this summer. Yeah, it really is. I do love it. The Gold Coast really said, here's a wet season. <laughs> Enjoy. Okay, so someone has asked, how do you deal with a friend who brings out the worst in you? And this is a tricky one, I think. And truthfully, I don't even know if it's one that can be properly spoken about in a like a 10-minute segment. Yeah. But my initial thoughts on this is, are they bringing out the worst in you because of something they're doing? Or is it a part of your personality that you don't really like and don't want to be brought out? Yes. Yes. Like, is it something that... 
you know, they're the catalyst for or that you've – how do I – I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Is it like – is it something that exists within you and can be brought out at certain times or is it something that has only started to be present in your life once you started spending time with that person? I yes. think that's the difference because, like, I have certain parts of my personality that I, like, don't love that much <laughs> and – Sometimes I'll make friends and I'll notice that I'm like being that way around that friend. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I consciously try to not allow this toxic part of my personality to come out. Mm. But sometimes some people just bring stuff out of you. And I think it's just, I mean, hate to be like a broken record, but (laughs) it's all about communicating. It just is. Well, I also think a big part of it is just recognizing like who you feel best around. Yeah. And if in the moment you feel great around someone, but then you go home and you think like, oh, I said this thing or I did this thing or, you know, now I feel this way and it's because I spent time with this person. Um, that's something to think about mm. uh, because like we are saying before, I think like your dynamics with different friends are so varied like you won't have the same dynamic between two different people and that's the beauty of friendships but it can also show you different things about yourself Mm -hmm. things that you might not be aware of or things that maybe you try not to indulge in like maybe a good example is like if you're if you find yourself being really judgmental around certain people Mm -hmm. and that obviously you know isn't necessarily isn't a good thing usually Mm -hmm. and maybe you go home and you feel really crappy about yourself because you know you've been a little bit like nasty or judgmental like that is something that I would say you should think about like is this person someone who makes me feel my best and that brings out the best in me Mm. and I don't even necessarily think it's someone else's fault in that situation no I think it's just knowing who is best for you to be around yeah And I think it's like quite an intuitive thing. Like for me personally, I can really tell when parts of my personality or for me, it's like certain insecurities that I might have Mm. come out around certain people. And I think it's just about, you know, listening to yourself and listening to your gut and your intuition and being like, okay, I've felt this way before and it didn't end well. So yeah. Mm. And it's not always about like, you know, ending a friendship and never talking to someone again, but it could be about spending a bit less time with them or, you know, talking about how, like you said before, Ducky, like communicating like, hey, like, why don't we like stop doing this and start doing this or even just like veering conversation away from a certain topic. Yeah. Um, you can do all those things before you stop being friends with someone. Totally. But I do think that ultimately if you are spending time with someone and doesn't leave you feeling good or doesn't leave you um feeling proud of how you act, mm. then it's ultimately if no changes can be made, it's ultimately not a good person for you to be around. Yeah. And that's the thing. It doesn't mean that that person is necessarily a bad person. It's just that there are different levels of compatibility and some parts of your personality clearly aren't compatible with that person's personality and that is totally fine and totally valid again if we bring it back to the beginning of the episode in regards to friendships and relationships they're really not all that different and you're not going to be compatible with every person you go on a date with and you're definitely not going to be compatible with every friend that you ever hang out with and that's okay and it's fine to be like okay well this just isn't working for me I'm going to move on yeah we really don't talk about friendship breakups enough when like I guess it kind of sounds more dramatic to break up with the friend yeah and it's so not 
normal to break up that's with a friend. It, right? Like it's way more common for friends to just like drift apart and like kind of ghost each other. Mm. But really friendship breakups would be a lot more healthy if it was just like communicated. Yes, 100%. I yeah. agree. A quick little closer <laughs> to end the episode. And this one is all you, Kara Aridi. <laughs> Do you have any advice uh, or have you ever experienced insomnia? Personally, I haven't. What a flex. What a flex that you haven't had insomnia before. Well, I don't know if you would call it insomnia. I used to struggle to get to sleep because of my anxiety, but I don't think that that is insomnia. And please hold while I look up the dictionary definition of insomnia. Okay, please do. Whilst you're doing that, I'll just note that I used to not be able to get to sleep because of my anxiety and literally watching ASMR changed my life. I talk about ASMR a lot, but that's because it literally changed my life. I've been listening to it for like four or five years. And if you're new to ASMR and you want to watch an ASMR artist and try and fall asleep to it or just like use it as a way to relax and wind down, there's a YouTuber called It's Blitz. It's I-T-S. B L I T triple Z. Highly recommend. I just zoned out for like what feels like five minutes because I was looking up this definition and then I came back and you were still talking about ASMR. <laughs> I know it was like 30 Wait, seconds. can we do like a whole episode on ASMR? We could do a whole episode where we just talk in ASMR. Oh yeah, I wonder if there are any ASMR podcasts yet. Surely. Okay, we're back. We're back. From what I can tell, and this is not, you know, a diagnostic manual, so this is not legit. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is unprofessional opinions. Mm -hmm. So what do you expect? But insomnia is a common sleep disorder that can make it hard to fall asleep, hard to stay asleep, or cause you to wake up too early and not be able to get back to sleep. Right. And I could be wrong, but when I was, when I had insomnia, I think the actual definition is maybe like if it takes you like 30-ish minutes or longer to fall asleep right? when you're tired. Right. I think that's considered insomnia. Please no one come at me if that's wrong. Just let me know nicely if it's wrong. But that's on the top of my head, I think that's around about the time frame they say. Right. That if you're like tired or, you know, if you need to go to sleep and you can't, for like 30 minutes or more, you have insomnia. Right. Um, with all that being said, it's kind of irrelevant. If you can't sleep and you consistently have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep or just find yourself like awake when you shouldn't be. Um, first of all, I've been there. I literally spent like my whole teenage years and my early 20s doing this. Like I to the point where my mom took me to doctors like multiple times because she was like, you need to sleep. Like we need to get you like on some sort of medication. And they wouldn't put me on medication. Mm. Um, jury's still out on whether that was good or bad, mm-hmm. but. I didn't go on medication. For me, the biggest thing was anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that anxiety makes it not insomnia. So I think it's any reason that you can't sleep. Right. Because I used to get really, really anxious about falling asleep and what would happen when I was asleep and all mm. that stuff. So I, that was a big part of it. But then also there have been, and, and, and to an extent still times, like there are, I'll go through periods now, even though largely I can fall asleep um, within a normal time frame. But there are still periods now where I'll go through like two weeks where I just 
cannot get to sleep Mm. um, within like a couple of hours. And it's really hard because it's so emotionally draining. So if you're going through it, I definitely understand. And it's, I think for me, the most helpful thing has been, well, there's been quite a few. First of all, I went to therapy and I went on medication. This is my own personal experience. This is what helped me kind of like, deal with the anxiety and the sadness and all that those feelings that were helping well stopping me from getting to sleep Mm -hmm. so I went to therapy I was you know really working on my mental health and then it's kind of like a method of like elimination like Mm -hmm. I was like okay there's many reasons why I can't sleep let's start like dealing with them one by one Mm -hmm. so I dealt with my anxiety dealt with my depression and then you know I was left with just genuinely not being able to fall asleep like Mm -hmm. even if I was dead tired I'd get into bed and I'd be wide awake and couldn't sleep and I'd have no anxiety it would just be because I couldn't right um and I think in those situations I found that I needed to get rid of the stress like I'd always be looking at the clock and I'm like oh my god I have to be up in six hours oh my god five hours oh my god four hours and like that doesn't help you get to sleep like the stress of that which I know is a hard cycle to come out of because literally like especially if you have to be out like for work or school early it's really really stressful Mm. but you need to kind of pull yourself out of that it sounds super um cliche and like annoying probably but genuinely like not going on your phone for like an hour before bed is so important Mm. i mean i don't know how to say it without sounding like a literal mother but like it's just true I have spoken before about how I read for like an hour before bed and that has helped me so much to fall asleep. Mm. And I think it's just finding a routine that works for you. Like maybe you'd want to have like a warm shower before bed and like read for a little bit or listen to some music or meditate or listen to a podcast. Like sometimes I fall asleep with my earphones in listening to a podcast because something that I sometimes struggle with is like the silence. Mm. And it's sometimes it, it, I can't even explain it. Like some nights I just can't bear to like lay there in silence. Mm-hmm. So I put a podcast on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just about trying like what you can and what you think might work for you and figuring out what does work for you because everyone's different. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I feel like everyone's so different. There are different things that are meditative. Did I say that right? Meditative mm-hmm. or is it meditative? Either one. Either or. Regardless, there are different things that are relaxing. <laughs> Love a synonym. <laughs> for different people. So like Carl probably wouldn't be able to fall asleep listening to ASMR. I probably wouldn't be able to fall asleep listening to a podcast. Mm. And that's so fine because we're so different. So I think it's all about, as someone who hasn't really experienced insomnia, I feel like what you were saying then about trialing different things and just figuring out what works for you and getting into a good routine is a really beautiful place to start yeah so on that note i think we're done i think we are thank you so much for listening to this episode we hope you enjoyed it yeah hope you enjoyed and make sure you follow us on instagram at tbh.pod um because not only do we post some sick memes (laughs) but we also ask for your questions when it comes to episodes like this yeah and your thoughts on um you know certain topics and everything so Mm -hmm. we always like hearing from you guys uh like we said at the beginning of the episode if you could leave us a review on apple Podcasts, that would be amazing Mm -hmm. five stars would be perfect but you know tell us how you feel we want the truth yeah um other than that do you have anything to say No, just thank you for being here and thank you for supporting the podcast. It's really exciting and I'm feeling really happy to be recording right now and 
and today's been a really good day and yeah it's just nice I'm personally really happy to get up because the sunburn on my ass that I'm sitting on is really hurting <laughs> so I'm looking forward to finishing finishing this podcast so we're recording. gonna go right now okay hope you have a beautiful <laughs> week thank you for being here um yeah see you we next week see you next week bye, bye.